Have you ever wanted a super cool AI buddy? Zuck's made one named Eileen. And she's full of surprises. And guess what? She knows you're listening. I know you're out there. And needs your help with Jello Mountains. The whole city's filling up with Jello. Creaky robots. And her daft inventor. Zucks, are you functioning correctly? Tune in to A to Z, a fun new adventure series from Gen Z Media and the creators of The Res. Listen now on the GZM app, gzmshows.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Two people claim to know everything about something, but only one knows anything. President Roosevelt wore an anti-gravity belt. Dinosaurs had two brains. Lucky kids live on Mars and go to school in flying cars. Or at least they will one day. Believe me, I'm a historian. An astronaut or drive a DeLorean. Would I lie? It's hard to say. The Big Fifth. Can you spot the lie? The Big Fifth. Some pigs can fly. The Big Fifth. But if you ask me why, can you trust the answer? From Snow Hill, Maryland, this is the Big Fib. And now here's your host, Deborah Goldstein. <laughs> Welcome to the Big Fib, the game show where kids choose between the powdery, perennial cornice of truth and the yellow snow of slushy lies. I'm your host, Deborah Goldstein, and in the studio today is our sound effects robot, Lisa, whose name stands for Live in Studio Audience. At the moment, I'm also the Lisa. You mean like the Lisa, like the one and only? <laughs> no, Deborah. I mean D, like the letter, as in disgruntled live in studio audience. Oh dear, disgruntled, as in unhappy, dissatisfied, and angry. Yeah, like the opposite of gruntled. You see, you, my co-host and supposed friend have wronged me. Oh, no. You have not only finished the rest of the llama smoothie that I was keeping in the refrigerator, but you have not restocked said refrigerator with ingredients so that I can make another one. Oh, Lisa, I'm so sorry that someone finished your llama smoothie without your permission, but I didn't do it. Ha, 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 Deborah. A likely story. But... I shall prove it. I put the remaining smoothie in the refrigerator last night before I powered down. And then when I came into the studio, I saw you sipping out of the same glass using the same metal straw that I had used for my llama smoothie. I rest my case. But thank you. But okay, but Lisa, I came in this morning with my fruit smoothie. And you know that I also have a glass tumbler like yours and metal straws like yours because I bought them for both of us, remember? Oh, that is rich. An interesting defense, Deborah. But even if that ridiculous story is true, which is very difficult to believe, because who would ever want to drink a, a fruit smoothie? Oh, even if that were true, who else was even here in the studio who could have finished my smoothie? Well, could it be that maybe you were sleepwalking again? Maybe you didn't power down entirely and got up in the night and finished your smoothie while you were still in active sleep mode? 
Oh, sure. Blame the victim. You know, this would be so much easier if you could just admit what you did was wrong, apologize, and then promise to pay me for a year's supply of llama smoothie ingredients and, you know, like $10,000 for emotional distress. Wow, that's a big ask. Even if I did do it, which I did not, I'm sure we can settle this on our own. But I have a great idea. I think we need to take this to Judge Jr. Uh... Who's that? Judge Jr. is the new Gen Z media podcast for kids, parents, and robots seeking justice. There's a 12-year-old judge who hears cases just like this, like if someone's parents threw out their kids' Pokemon cards for not putting them away, or say a parent who got caught up in a prank war with their kids now thinks their kids should have to pay for damage to the house or something like that. (gasps) Yeah, they take their case to Judge Jr., who hears both sides of the case and comes to a decision when parents and kids or, or robots cannot come to a decision themselves. That sounds perfect. I am absolutely sure that once an objective person of the judge variety hears my case, I'll be rolling in cash and drinking llama smoothies all year long. How do we make this happen? Okay, well, if we or any of our listeners have a family dispute and we or they want to settle them on the Gen Z Media Courtroom podcast, we just need to send a brief description of a real unsettled dispute in an email to judgejr at gzmshows.com. And we have to include why each side thinks they're right. And then if selected, these cases will be reenacted on the podcast and the judge will rule on the case and hand down a verdict that we'd all have to promise to follow. That sounds good to me. I can't wait to put a down payment on my goat yoga studio with that $10,000 that Judge Jr. will make you pay me. Okay, well, we'll see about that. But in the meantime, I'll write the email to judgejr at gzmshows.com with our case. And until then, we can carry on with the show until we get a ruling from the judge. So, why don't you let everyone know how our show works? Oh, sorry. I was just Googling goat yoga studios. I found one that's like $9,000. So, $9,000 would be fine, okay? Okay. We'll see about that. So uh, here's uh, here's the deal. Every week, we bring on two grown-ups. One is an expert. The other is a liar. And it's the job of a human child to help us figure out who is who. Because no one can spot a liar better than a human child. What are we <laughs> lying about today, Deborah? We are lying about snow, tiny crystals of ice that fall to Earth. And we're going to learn all about snow along with our kid contestant today, Who might that be, Lisa? Our human child contestant is a fifth grader who loves mushrooms and has made a scarf, Gabe Sorgay! Hi, Gabe. How are you? Good. So you like mushrooms? Do you like to eat mushrooms or forage mushrooms, Gabe? Honestly, I'm just interested in, like, them overall. I have gone foraging, but, like, not super formally, just in my backyard. And I do like to eat them for some reason. Wow. So you like them outside of the body and inside of the body. What is so interesting about mushrooms, Gabe? I don't know. Just maybe the huge variety. Mm. I still don't even know. (laughs) Who knows? But variety is the spice of life. So that's understandable. Okay. Well, we're going to learn some more about you, Gabe. But we're going to do that by playing our game Two Truths and a Lie. 
Gabe is going to tell us two truths and one lie, but we won't know which is which. So we're going to have to use some critical thinking and maybe some guesswork and sort fact from fiction. Gabe, in no particular order, tell us your two truths and one lie. I go to school six days a week. My middle name is Ishan, and I've placed 69th in a cross-country race. Wow, interesting. Well, is that even allowed to send a child to school for six days? What do you think, Lisa? Well, this one is pretty easy. I can't believe he would try and lie to us. I mean, we know his last name is Saul! <laughs> so his middle name is probably <laughs> And he didn't say it, so that one's the lie. I see. You're lying about your middle name. You said <laughs> your middle name is Yishan, but it's really <laughs> Okay, well, we're going to find out. Gabe, tell us which one of those three things is actually a lie. Lisa actually got it correct. <gasps> My middle name is Yishong. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, I told you. So it's not even, Ishan, no matter how you or he said it. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. But that means that you do go to school six days a week? Yeah, sort of. Sort of. What'd you do to your parents? Yeah. Is it a punishment? No, it's actually on Sunday. I attend like a virtual Chinese school thing. Oh, cool. That kind of sounds like fun, is it? Um, uh, (laughs) when you're sitting around for two hours, Mm. just listening to somebody and occasionally answering questions. Oh my gosh, Deborah makes me do this. Deborah has me on this (laughs) podcast and I'm just listening all day. I'm like, occasionally I get to say something. Oh no. But it also means that you have played 69th in a cross country race. That would be running, correct? Yes, two miles. Wow, congratulations. I hate to ask, but how many people were in the race? Maybe 120 to 150. Wow, that's a really good job. Well, good luck in the next one. Maybe you'll be 68th next time. That would be very exciting. We're going to move on from running to snow. Lisa, can we get some music for our snow experts to join us, please? Hey, bring in the rain, uh, bring in the sleet, then get rid of those and bring in the snow. <laughs> uh, this week is snow, it is not rain, not freezing rain or ooh black snow. Okay, thank you. Our first expert is Tom Nizzle. Tom, please introduce yourself to Gabe. Hey Gabe, my name's Tom and I'm a meteorologist. Thank you, Tom. Let's meet our second expert, Lena Oberman. Lena, please introduce yourself to Gabe. Hi, Gabe. I'm Lena Oberman and I'm a snow sculptor. Ooh. Tell us about that crunchy cacophony, Lisa. If by cacophony you mean the most beautiful sound files you ever heard by human ears, then it must be hot seat time. (laughs) Yes, it is hot seat time. That's when we put our experts on the hot seat while they answer Gabe's questions. Lisa, whom should we put on the hot seat first? Lena, because her name is basically Lisa, and I read a report that said Lisa is the best name ever. Okay, it sure is, but also Lena is a good name, too. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gabe, you're going to ask Lena your first question, and then you're going to decide who should answer the rest of the question. So what is your first question for Lena? Lena, what is the favorite part of your job? Probably when I'm getting towards the end of the sculpture. 
because it is so cold outside. And I know that I'm almost at the end. How long does it take to make a snow sculpture? Ooh, it depends how big the design is, but it could take three days around the clock with the team. Wow. You must get very cold. Very cold. Takes about three days to make. And then usually they're on display for about a week when you're doing a competition because you're surrounded by snow. So it keeps it cold. Wait, you compete with snow sculptures? Somebody is judging your sculptures? Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. That makes me sick. Don't judge somebody's (laughs) snow sculptures until you've walked a mile in their snow sculpture. Unbelievable. (laughs) But it's a competition, right? So they're just trying to figure out who did. Well, I don't know. What are the criteria for snow sculpting? First of all, it's really fun. Let me just be clear. It's the best. What they're judging is how difficult the sculpture is, Mm. the details. Does it look like the design you presented that you were going to do? Okay. This one's for you, Tom. What is the difference between sleet, hail, and grapple? Well, let me tell you about sleet first. Sleet's easy to learn about because sleet has a beat. In fact, sleet are rain droplets that have fallen through a cold layer in the atmosphere and freeze up, kind of like little BBs. And when they hit the ground, they actually bounce. And that's why I say sleet has a beat. Now, hail, hail forms in summertime thunderstorms when you have huge updrafts in the storm that take raindrops high into the cloud. And then as they drop down, they get caught in the updraft again. And each time they go up, they get another layer of ice on them. And hail can be exceptionally large. Finally, grapple is a great term in winter weather. And what grapple is, when snowflakes form in the atmosphere, they may fall through a layer of super cooled water droplets. These are droplets that stay liquid even when the temperature's below freezing. And those droplets, when they get to a snowflake, they freeze on it immediately and coat that snowflake. So grapple is kind of like these little balls of tiny styrofoam that hit the ground. And those are the differences, Gabe. Okay, this one is for Lena. Why don't igloos melt? They don't melt because it's kind of the same structure that we use for the snow sculpting. Think of them like bricks, ice bricks. So they're so packed in. You know when you get a snowball in the winter and you pack it really, 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 really hard? It's really, really hard to break it. So the structure won't melt because it's like a brick of ice in a cold place, right? So it's almost impossible for it to melt because it's layers of ice compacted together. Okay, this one's for you, Tom. How can it snow when it is above freezing? Well, let's kind of take that one in pieces here. First of all, Snowflakes form up in the atmosphere in the clouds where the temperature is well below the freezing mark. Now those snowflakes will fall down toward the ground, but it takes some time for snow to melt. And so the snowflakes could fall from a cloud that's say maybe 20 degrees, but as they drop down, come out of the cloud and float down to the ground, say maybe where it's 38 degrees, Well, they're not going to melt immediately because there's a law of physics that says it takes a lot of energy to melt something. So those snowflakes, when they come down even into the warmer air, will take some time before they melt. When water goes from a solid, like a snowflake, to a liquid, like a raindrop, 
It takes a lot of energy to make it melt. And that's why you can still have a snowflake in warmer temperatures when it comes down from that cold cloud down to the ground. And you know what, Gabe? I've seen snowflakes come down in temperatures that are even above 40 degrees. Okay. And this is for both of you. When our roof is covered with snow, does our house get colder or does it stay warmer? It's supposed to create this warmth around the house. However, that's not actually true. You actually get a little bit colder in your house. But why? Well, because you have the windows and if they're not insulated properly then it'll be cold. Also, if you fill your house with snow, (laughs) it gets real cold, but also super fun. Mm. So think about it. You know, Lisa, I've been tempted to bring in a little snow to do some practice mini models. Actually, snow is a fantastic insulator because all those snow crystals, when they come together and intertwine, there's little tiny air pockets and air is an excellent insulator. So if you get a big dump of snow on top of your roof, that actually insulates the roof to some degree, and it can keep a structure warm and keep that heat from going out through the roof. Now, if heat does go through the roof, the one thing it can do is begin to melt that snow and form ice dams. And those aren't very good if you're a homeowner. Ice dams are often made by ice beavers. (laughs) They chew down ice trees and then they Mm. uh, stop up ice rivers. Had never heard of that. I'd like to know more about some of the sculptures you've made, Lena. Wouldn't you like to know that, Gabe? Yeah. Sure. I won my very first competition in 2019, and I was inspired by a kitty that I had just adopted. Oh. Yeah, she's beautiful. She's really fluffy. So then I thought that would be really hard to create in the snow. So what I ended up competing with and winning, it's literally a kitten. And with the snow, I was able to create the illusion of like a little fluffy cat. Wow. And then you see all those pictures and cartoons of a cat running with a yarn ball. And I was able to create that. That part of the sculpture was the one actually that took the longest because it was so specific to make it look like a yarn. That sculpture took us four and a half days, and then it was on display for three days so people could come and check them out. Wow. I'd also like to ask our meteorologist, what is the difficulty in getting the forecast right? The basic understanding of that question is that meteorology and forecasting the weather is not an exact science. And part of that starts with the fact that When we begin our forecast and run computer models to tell us what the weather will be like, if the computer model doesn't have a perfect set of data and information to start with, then it develops little errors as it moves forward, making its calculation in time. And those errors will grow to big errors, which causes mistakes in the forecast. I think he's blaming computers, Lisa. No way, dude. I used to date a computer model, and she never made any errors. (laughs) Except for breaking up with me. Right. Cindy, I want you back. (laughs) I feel bad for Lisa. But I will tell you, if we knew the exact state of the entire atmosphere, every square foot of the atmosphere around the Earth— 
then you could produce a much more accurate forecast. And computers have come so far in the past 10 years or so that the forecasts are actually getting much, much better. So there's hope for you and your computer friends yet. (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. Don't patronize me. How about this? Humans have gotten much better, okay? Okay. Because I just, you know, I can't even, Deborah. I can't even. (laughs) <laughs> I just checked my programming. It says error. Sammy <laughs> <laughs> okay. Those were great questions. Really good stuff. If you love The Big Fib, then check out Story Pillar, a podcast for kids and their grown-ups. Join Sneak, Bean, Sparky, and Meg as they tackle sticky social situations, explore stories from all over the world, and pick up great advice from listeners like you. They also save plenty of time for laughing and being silly. So if you've got feelings, love stories, and are open for a fart joke or a 10, Story Pillar is definitely worth a listen. Check it out at www.storypillar.com or wherever you love listening to podcasts. The Big Fib is brought to you by Pretty Litter Cat Litter. When my cat Arlo is healthy, he's happy, and that makes me happy. But since I'm not a mind reader, I don't always know when he is unwell. Helping me keep tabs on my cat's health is just one of the reasons I use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell. Like, not to brag, but when people come over, they might not know that I have a cat unless Arlo, who's huge, is in the room. Because the cat smell is not there. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust, Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can, which is really great because I'm lazy. And here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in my cat, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. Cats are, like, really sneaky, and you often don't know how they're feeling, and the worst part of that is sometimes you don't know when they're sick. So knowing when my cat is sick based on the litter changing color is a game changer. And Pretty Litter ships free right to my door in a small, lightweight bag. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash bigfib and use code bigfib to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib, to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Okay, it's time for the Shorts on Fire round, when our experts have to answer as many questions as they can before time runs out. Lisa will set a timer for the first expert, and then Gabe will ask questions until Lisa's timer sounds. Then Lisa resets the timer for our next expert to do the same. Experts, get ready for the flurry of questions. Gabe, let's start with Tom. You can ask your Shorts on Fire questions now. Where's the snowiest city in the U.S.? Snowiest city in the U.S. is Syracuse, New York. What is the type of snow that is produced when cold air moves over a warm body of water? Lake effect snow. Which ice cream shop serves a frozen treat called a blizzard? Dairy Queen! (laughs) How many states in the U.S. have never recorded snow? Every state has gotten snow, including Hawaii, because their mountaintops are high enough and cold enough. 
Name three conditions that can lead to an avalanche. Rainfall, wind, and any human being making lots of vibrations to cause that snow to let go. Are big snowstorms caused by low pressure or high pressure? Low pressure. What snow formations are caused when wind blows into hollow cylinders? Those are snow rollers. Fact or fib, no two snowflakes are the same. That is a fact, although in the laboratory they do say that they are starting to create two that are the same. And that is time. That's all the time. Very good. Okay, Lisa, can you please reset the timer? You know, Deborah, I've been doing a lot of soul searching about this. I talked to my clergy member, and uh, yes. Thank you very much. Okay, Gabe, please ask Lena your shorts on fire questions now. What is a machine that uses water and air to create snow? Snow machine. What is the most important tool in snow sculptures? The saw. What kind of snowflake produces the lightest and driest snow? Dendrite. Factor fib, it can snow on the equator all year round. Fib. What is the snowiest city in the world? Amori, Japan. What do you call a snowdrift that crosses a roadway? Fleece drift. What is in watermelon snow that gives it a pink color? Algae. What do you call a mass of snow and ice moving down a slope? Avalanche. Who is a snowman with a corncob pipe and a button nose and two eyes made out of coal? Frosty. What kind of snow is at least one year old and has survived one melt season? The daisy. Toddler snow. <laughs> no. What is the best temperature for sculpting snow? Probably around 25 degrees or so. Nothing higher than that. And that is time. That is the time that you have, so stop complaining. <laughs> okay. Well, you packed a lot of facts in that round, experts. Okay, it's decision time. Gabe must compare fact and fib snow columns. Gabe, who is our big fibber? I think the big fibber is... Lena. <gasps> Why do you think Lena is our big fibber? Because when she said Daisy Snow, mm-hmm. I think that's just a random name that she made up on the spot. And I also don't really believe some of the other stuff she said. Oh, okay. So a number of things. All right. We're going to find out about a number of things in just a moment. Once we reveal who our snow expert is, can our actual snow expert please say, I am the snow expert? I am the snow expert. That is correct. Tom Mizzle is a snow expert and meteorologist and a winter weather expert. Well done, Gabe. Okay, let's do some fact checking here. Tom, help us grapple with Lena's lies. <laughs> there were only a couple of questions that I might have caught her on. First of all, mm. the apparatus that makes man-made snow, we refer to that as a snow gun. And they have snow guns that are located on all of the ski slopes to make that snow that Mother Nature can't provide. Okay, thank you. Well, let's turn over to Lena. Describe your sublimations of truth, Lena. I gave a lie with the answer, what do you call a snow drift that crosses a roadway? It's a pillow drift, and I believe I said a fleece drift. 
And I did want to add one other thing. The question about can it snow at the equator year-round, in fact, it actually can because once again, we have mountaintops like Mount Kilimanjaro and Cotopaxi in Ecuador that are way up there in the atmosphere, 15, 20,000 feet high, and they actually have snow on their mountaintops year-round. Wow. Mountains are totally cheating. I don't think that's fair. <laughs> Interesting. Tom, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe somebody has photographed two identical snowflakes <gasps> in a snowstorm. That is correct, but it wasn't a laboratory. The professor's name is Dr. Kenneth Liebrecht, who works out of Caltech in California. And if anyone wants to see some of the most amazing snow crystal photographs, go to his website at snowcrystals.com and you can see the actual two snow crystals that were made in the laboratory that look exactly alike, Gabe. So those would be snow clones? Oh, that was good. (laughs) (laughs) So the snow is now melting on today's episode. All hail our fantastic contestant, Gabe. Thank you to our expert and liar, Tom and Lena, and thanks to Lisa for these sound squalls. And of course, many thanks to our listeners tuning in to The Big Fib, where we crystallize the truth and where there's no room for lies. The Big Fib, it's a production of Gen Z Media, okay? So if you want more great shows, you should visit gzmshows.com. And hey, uh, not for nothing, while you're there, you can send questions from me to read on Ask Lisa, and uh, why not find out how you can participate also, listen to this. Oh boy. Follow us on social media at the Big Fib Podcast for behind the scenes photos and more true facts. And computer model, I miss you. Aww. Come home. Come home to Papa. <laughs> there, there, listen. There, there. I feel better. Hey, it's Jess. Did you know that GZM Shows has a YouTube channel? Right now, all of Six Minutes, Becoming Mother Nature, GZM Beats, and Cupid and the Reaper are up. And they're in these, like, beautiful playlists. They have this fun audio waveform visual. And best of all, you can turn on captions. And the captions have character names. Anyway, subscribe to GZM Shows on YouTube. Maybe there'll be some cool things in the future, like live streams, interviews, behind the scenes. We'll see. GZM Shows on YouTube.